Hey, everybody, Drew Remenda here. You're listening to another podcast from Teal Town, USA. everybody how you guys doing on a sunday night welcome into show 124 the puck knowledgeist here on teal town usa i'm your host aj underscore strong joining me the man the myth that gentleman that resides in las vegas willingly or not hockey jerk can't stop a dick to the shindig dude five years that is the best intro ever never change it or i'm retiring <laughs> okay fine hey uh <laughs> i didn't expect that to come from you <laughs> remember to subscribe to us on youtube follow us on social media and if you're on itunes we'd love it if you would drop us five stars and a cool review and in fact a little later in the show i'm going to tell you how you can win some sharks goodies and i'm going to tell you who won sharks goodies from last week so uh stay tuned because we're going to announce some names is what I'm saying. If you'd like to help support the show, use the super chat option during the live show or better yet, toss us a little something in that Venmo tip jar. You can hit us up on Venmo at Teal Town USA. And of course, we thank you for the support. If you ever miss a show and you want to catch it again, find it on your favorite podcast platform on YouTube and at TealTownUSA.com. So this time around, Oh, we're going to get into the NHL being back on ESPN, potential changes to the NHL draft lottery, and Doug Wilson breaks his media silence. (laughs) But first, let's get into some Sharks games this week, and it was a good week for the Sharks. They played three games, one versus the Blue, two against the Ducks, and the Sharks took six of a possible six points, scoring 12 goals and only allowing three. However, the Sharks remain seventh in the West after 25 games played. So let's catch you up here. First game, St. Louis. It's a 3-2 overtime win. Of course, the story from this one is Jordan Bennington didn't start the game. <laughs> How pissed off were you about that, Jerk? <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> I was I was hoping that we were going to kind of see, you know, maybe, maybe him and Dubnik uh, would have a conversation during the warm-ups. I thought that would have been really fun to watch, but... Oh, dude. You know, I, I I was worried because, you know, obviously the Blues were going with Billy Huso, so I'm thinking, damn, Blues are playing their better goalie tonight. <laughs> um, but it didn't really matter because, uh, as you said, the Sharks, they were able to, um, you know, get it done in overtime. Yeah. And Jerry knows what's up. Happy Pie Day. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Let, glad Jerry mentioned that. AJ, what's your favorite pie? Pizza. Solid. Okay. I, I That's not where I thought you were going, but I like it. Oh, pizza pie. Pumpkin <laughs> all the way. So I think the another story that's from this. That's the pie you're talking about, right? Of course. <laughs> uh, another story from this one, aside from Jordan not starting, uh, Vlasic finally getting his goal. You know, 25 games, or well, at that point, 23 games in. But Vlasic finally makes the score sheet under goals. And I think the bigger story of this is the fact that after one period, uh, Leonard gets moved up 
to the top line. LeBanc gets thrown down and then essentially gets stapled to the bench in the third. Uh, definitely a, a call out from the coach going, dude, we're not seeing enough from you, pal. <laughs> Whip it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, <clears throat> that, that, dude, that Vlasic shot, that was a rip. <laughs> like, I, I, oh, I, roof job. Like, dude, when I saw it, I, I, almost thought it was Leonard just because of the shot. And then I realized it was Vlasic. And my first, like, obviously it's a goal and you're happy. But my first thought is, what are you doing way up there? <laughs> you know? But, yeah, it's, uh, I, I I was sort of, I was not really thrilled with LeBanc's game, um, especially after the first period. I mean, the, you know, you got the high sticking penalty on Sammy Blay, and then obviously he trips up. Oh, uh, I believe it was Vince Dunn. So obviously, you know, you don't want to take back-to-back penalties, but then to have, um, you know, to have St. Louis end up taking the lead, you know, right after that as well. Obviously, you're you're thinking, oh no, here we go again. You know, where it it almost seemed like the same as that Vegas game, the first Vegas game, where you know every time the Sharks would find a way to claw back, it was like, nope, and eh, we're gonna take it right away from you again. So, but. I, I, I thought in LeBanc's absence, I thought everybody stepped up well to, you know, obviously stay in the game and get it to overtime, which I think has been a struggle this season, obviously, where, you know, once everything starts to fall off, it's just like, okay, how how, how long is it going to take for everything to burn down to the ground? You know what I mean? And there was none of that tonight. The Sharks, they had their, they had their fire extinguishers. They were ready to go. <laughs> well, we did see goals come from, not only Vlasic, but Couture. Kane wins it in overtime. Dubnik would stop 24 of 26, uh, garnering a 923. Um, another thing that popped out for me, Kanijov. I don't know. This guy, I just, I like this kid more and more and more. But you're talking about the, you know, the, who the Sharks rolled out there. And I don't know if you remember this because, you know, it was like a week ago, but Marlowe centered the second line in this game. If that's not a red flag for how little depth <laughs> your team has, <laughs> and yeah. if you looked, at the bottom, you know, you take, you know, Couture, Kane, LeBanc out of the equation, and you just focused on the bottom nine. Dude, Marlowe, centering that line, had played in almost twice as many games as the other eight players combined. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the Lord. The way I look at it is like, hey, at least they're giving the young guys a chance. Yeah. I'll give you that. Uh, St. Louis only allowed three goals, which is notable because it's the only team that's given up more in the in the Honda West division than the Sharks. Uh, this is only the fifth time the Sharks allowed less than three goals. And uh, if you listened to the show last week, you'll remember Jerk called this a trap game and the Sharks would win 3 nothing. So he got half of it right. Hey, well, you know what? Uh, you say something enough times, you're bound to be right. Hey, now. <laughs> After the game, though, I did ask Bob Bugner about the youth stepping up, especially because Hurl and Meyer were were out. And here was Bob's response. He did have a lot of youth playing tonight, and with Hurdle and Timo out, what can you say about guys like Blicky and Balsers and Leonard and Showman, who barely have a hundred games between all of them? Yeah, there was, uh, uh, you know, sometimes you look at the board before the game and you try and go through your matchups and, and 
you know, that's one of the reasons that we put Neats up on that line, uh, um, you know, early in the game. We thought with his, you know, his experience and, and uh, you know, being a, a bit of a stronger guy in that uh, physically in that uh, regard that he would help that line. And I think it did. Um, but yeah, just, you know, sometimes uh, um, you, you got to let these guys learn and you got to let them play in situations. And, uh, um, you know, even if there's mismatches, um, they're figuring it out and we're trying to, to help them along the way and, and, and correct mistakes and be positive with them and, but also hold them accountable. So it's a, it's a work in progress. It will be nice when, when, when Hurdle and Timo get back, obviously everybody falls back into their slots and where they should be playing um, and our matchups look a little better. Now, of course, the funny thing about that is he's he's giving stick tabs to he's sitting there going, well, you know, Blicky and Balsers and Shellman, and it's like, oh, you mean three guys that didn't play any of the other games this week? <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the first game against Anaheim, a six nothing win. Uh, you know, Dubnik starts to get his first consecutive win. This is huge. Handemark did slot in for Balsers. He's he's out, has been out since. Haven't heard anything about him as of late. I don't know. I'm waiting, all, kind of waiting. All for I've heard, all I've heard is that he's just dinged up. That's all yeah, I've heard. Exactly. Uh, but in this game, Hurdle and Meyer did return, and Hurdle would open the scoring on the power play. So that's good. The power play has looked good recently. We'll get into those numbers in a little bit. And of course, it wouldn't be a Sharks game lately if Curtis Gabriel didn't get into a scrap with somebody. Uh, second consecutive game with a scrap. Um, you you had a, a beautiful feed from Burns to Kane to make it 2-0. Again, Evander Kane you know, coming to the party, making sure he scores a significant goal. Um, Dubnik made a huge save to start that period. And uh, then you get LeBanc responding in this game, which to me was the story of this one because, again, he was stapled for the game against St. Louis. Then he comes back and, oh, here, excuse me while I drop like two assists and a goal on your ass. Yeah, it, it was literally like, oh, okay, <laughs> you're going to bench me? Watch this. And <laughs> I, I, that's, I love, I love that more than anything, you know, where it's like, oh, you want more? Okay, I'm going to give you more. And man, I, I mean, it, it, it's still pretty early, obviously, you know, we're, well, it's early because it's, you know, less than two months into the season, but it's a shortened season. So it's also not really early, but you know, all things the same. Do you agree with me that LeBanc is, is, is for the most part living up to that extension he signed? Uh, I mean, how can you not? And the thing is, it's like everybody focuses on like the one bad game he has, but they forget about like, oh, well, he had three actually really good ones. That's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, you know, he he also just so happens to be part of the best line for the Sharks all season. I mean, him mm -hmm. once once him, Couture and Kane got put together, they have not been separated except for obviously the benching that you mentioned. Um, so. Well, I, I think there was at least one other game where Leonard got a promotion. But yeah, but 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 what I mean is they started started the game that way, you know, and 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 we 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 kind of talked about you know where LeBanc was, you know, he had that really good end to February, you know, he's starting to simmer a little bit. Well, you know, four goals and two assists in the month month of March. So we'll obviously get into hot or not later, but man, he's. 
you talk about showing up the coach. I think he's showing up a lot of the haters too with his play. <laughs> well, and, and another benefit, of course, of a six nothing win. And remember, a lot of those go. That was what I think there was a goal in the first, goal in the second, and then boom, four on you in the third. Correct. Uh, but it did give the Sharks the opportunity, leave Bugner to you know play out all the lines, spread out the time on ice. And now here's the funny thing. Here's here's my note from this game. Someone on the media call asked. Uh, are we finally seeing what this team can do? It was against the Ducks. <laughs> like, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, you know, but let's let's just, you know, pump the brakes, back the trolley up a hot second. Let's see them do this against Vegas, who they have coming up two games this coming week, which we'll get into in a little bit, but... I just thought that was a, a funny thing to ask. It's like, look, it was one, you know, in 24 games and they get their first <laughs> shutout and like, calm down. It's not like the coin has flipped sides, but. I don't know. I just, I, I just think you, you make a solid point where you're like, look, this is the worst team in the division. You should beat them. And that's a th- awesome point to make. It's a hundred percent accurate, but flip the coin. As you say, imagine the sharks lose both these games. <sighs> Dude, that Zoom call is going to be lit. I'm just saying. <laughs> You're right. And let me hit up a question real quick in the chat. Does Hockey Jerk get a new shirt this week? Uh, Hockey Jerk would have had a new shirt this week, but I was ill-prepared, and that's on me. Uh, I, I was under the impression that Rocket would be joining us tonight. Unfortunately, she was unable to be here, so I was ill-prepared. I prepared for a three panel, not a two. That's on me. That's my fault. Yeah, so. but you know, as we'll get into it later on in the show, um, even though that's last week's shirt, I have no problem wearing it again. I was going to say, still qualifies. <laughs> now, I mentioned Dubnik, dude, throwing up the first shutty, and you know, this is it's Anaheim. And it's going to be back to back. Now, I asked Bob what he thought about Evander Kane and how he's come on of late we'll get into his stats into a little bit but I also asked him about the possibility of Dubnik starting in a back-to-back situation he didn't care about my Kane question evidently and just decided to talk about Dubnik here you go how do you feel about uh Kane it seems like over the last two weeks he's really been driving the bus for for the Sharks and is there any opportunity for Dubnik to start again tomorrow after the last two games he's put together? Yeah, I think uh, um, we're going to talk about that now. Um, it's tough on goalies. Um, and, and, you know, we want to keep these guys ha- uh, healthy and, and fresh and um, obviously with four and six. So uh, whatever that decision is, we'll make that in the next little short while. But uh, um, I have no problem with Jonesy going in tomorrow and, and, and seeing how that plays out and, and then coming back with Doobie on uh, Monday in Vegas. But that's a, that's a big picture thing. We got to think about uh, our decision here in the next little while, but uh, um, you know, if we play, if we play well and, and uh, play strong, like we did tonight, uh, um, you know, hopefully both goaltenders will feel good about their games. So obviously coach said, nope, we're going to go back to Jones. And what happened? <laughs> Anaheim gave up, uh, gave it up again, <laughs> <laughs> but this time to Jones and, uh, Kane would open the scoring gets pot, you know, pots one in his third straight, uh, LeBanc would score again, Hayo, and then Dylan Gambrell gets his first of the season. One note out of this, of course, is that Couture took uh, a high hit from uh, Yakinpa 
early in the second period. Uh, but, you know, he did get back on the ice, but he was off for about 10 minutes or so in that second period. You had, of course, a lot of people going, oh, shit, here we go again. <laughs> right? I, I mean, we, we kind of already talked about him, but I got to talk about it again. Dude, okay, everybody, LeBanc has, is kind of been, he's kind of been Thornton 2.0, where it's like, dude, shoot. And mm-hmm. that goal he had, you know, obviously the pass from Hurdle coming around the net. Dude, he stepped into that shot, my guy. <laughs> like, dude, he had one, one knee on the ice. He was like, we are burying this like some treasure. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> like... I mean, there's obviously more storylines within these games than just the way Kevin LeBanc is played. But, you know, you when when you have a team in a cataclysmic season like this one, you need things to be excited about. Yeah. And LeBanc obviously played well. You said Evander Kane as well. He's dude has not taken a penalty in God knows how long, which is awesome. And, you know, he's not taking penalties and. And he's putting up points. That's the thing. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, off-ice drama right now, but he says, you know what? We're going to leave that outside. We're going to – we're all business here in the rink. And, dude, 23 points in 25 games leads the the Sharks in scoring, but doing a quick calculation, if this were an 82-game season, he would be on pace for uh, the best point total of his career. Hi-yo. So he's he's obviously feeling it, you know, and I think – kind of going back to what we've talked about before, the differences between Peter DeBoer and Bob Bugner, somehow Bob Bugner finds a way, you know, to hold those guys accountable, you know, where... Well, I think the thing with Bugner is, I, n- I never saw this from PDB, Bugner is, is straight up saying, oh, you don't feel like playing tonight? Sit your ass down. Well, And that's the thing is, and I kind of mentioned it before, where, you know, with PDB, it's like, well you know all these guys are professionals and you know they're good players and they're here for a reason and they went you know they know what they need to do and you know just kind of very fluffy sort of on the surface comments where with bob you know <clears throat> it's always been you know kane would that game where kane was taking all his pennies it's like oh you know evander keep the stick down you know and it's oh lebank we need goals mm-hmm. and you know jones we need saves and some haters will say, oh, he's calling out his players. That's how you build divide. But I call it holding people accountable. I mean, you know, you it's just you want to play for – you want to, you know, obviously play well for your coach. I mean, your coach determines if you play or not. So <laughs> I can neither confirm or deny. <laughs> so I, I just think – I don't want to – I don't want to call these perfect games, but honestly – um you know the St. Louis game maybe, but the two Anaheim Ducks games, you'd be hard pressed to f- have me say something negative. I thought the Sharks played, you know, as complete a series they've played all season. No, this that for me that's like the overarching theme this week is you know <laughs> they finally put together a strong week, <laughs> you know, and uh, after failing to score in the first period of like five the first five games of the month of March, like they scored in the first period of both against the Ducks. Again, we have to preface, it was the Ducks. Can't get too crazy. But let's, you know, let's see this against Vegas and St. Louis in the upcoming week. We move on. Some final notes here. Uh, I mean, 
one of the big stories, of course, this week has been Curtis Gabriel. How can you not? Uh, you, you got John Scott <laughs> coming up, making his comments, saying, oh, come on, kid, pump the brakes. You've been here for a quarter of a cup of coffee, and you're acting like you're the defender of all things hockey. You know, pump it. And, dude, the proof's in the pudding. You know, whether it's guys, whether it's a guy like Michael Haley who just like comes in and it's like, yeah, okay, he's a little guy and is he feisty? Sure. But what's the record when he's in? Oh, they have a winning record? Maybe there's something to that. It was John Scott. John Scott only played like what, 30 some odd games in 14, 15, but the record the Sharks had in those was was a really good record. And when Scott was out, they had a losing record. And and you know what I have to say last week I was kind of I was very down on Curtis Gabriel I was I was very much you know that argument that <laughs> that millennial argument if you will of oh all you do is you just smash faces and you're a statue on skates and what are you doing here get out of here but <clears throat> and avocado in the chat obviously mentioned it as well it takes some of the heat off Kane by having Gabriel out there which is is huge because as we've talked about you need Kane. Uh, scoring goals, but also, like, say what you want about a guy. If you're scoring 30 goals a year, or if you're willing to fight, you know, fight for your teammates and you're going to hit guys and be good in the locker room, like, you know, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter what your job is. Like, any way you can, you got to be a good teammate. And that's what Gabriel's done. He's pumped the guys up. You know, he's obviously gotten them engaged with his three fights um since he's been in the lineup this recent stretch so i'm i'm totally gonna change my my um change my tone from last week you know i think he's been huge for the lineup he pumps the guys up you know he's not afraid to step up for the team and he's he says you know what i got a shark on my jersey that's the only thing i care about fighting for and it's awesome so you you got somebody to flip over here (laughs) well here's something that i want to bring up is eric carlson's Comments. Who? Uh, <laughs> Who? Uh, Eric Carlson's comments on Curtis Gabriel. You know, he's a guy that doesn't need a lot of minutes. Uh, you know, he has a role on this team and he, uh, uh, you know, he's one of the guys that does that role to, uh, you know, the best of his ability. Uh, I don't think that any one of us expects him to, out, to go out there and score goals every game and, you know, uh, control the puck a lot. But, you know, his role is just as important, uh, you know, as my role is, even though I, you know, log a lot more minutes and, and you know, I get to put, uh, be put out there in, in, you know, more important situations maybe. But, but again, that's, that's, you know, uh, the feeling as, as a group that, you know, collectively that we have to have, you know, no matter who you are, you all, uh, you know, play an equal important role. And, and again, I couldn't do the things I do if, if he wasn't allowed to do the things that he do. And, you know, he creates space for me and, and, you know, I create opportunities for him. Now, those are nice comments. I'm, you know, I'm not taking anything away from those comments. But, man, is it just me or is it very difficult for Eric Carlson to give somebody else a compliment without also giving himself a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was very much, his role is just as, as important as mine, but I play a lot more minutes. <laughs> yeah. Know, I couldn't do the things I do if he wasn't allowed to do the things he does. It's just like, oh my <laughs> God. Get, let somebody else have the spotlight for a half a second, you, Eric. Okay. You know what though? I, I get what he was saying and I, I appreciate I appreciate what he was trying to say. 
And it, it's kind of like what I said a few minutes ago, where it's like it doesn't matter if you're scoring 30, 30 goals a night or if you hit guys and you're good in the room. Like, you know, everybody contributes to the team aspect. And I, I've made the comparison as well. But, you know, you you could be at your job. Let's say you're the assistant manager. You know, that's obviously a big deal. The guy who comes by your desk to pick up your garbage. Sure. Maybe he's not contributing to the equation as much as you are. Yeah, but, but if, if that shit at, piles up in a month, you're going to know. That, but also if he or she is a hell of a person to talk to, even better. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I like this from, from the chat. Bozo Sora saying, it's called a Swedish compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Can neither confirm or deny. Yeah, hey, oh, I like it. Um, so with that, uh, you know, look, we're two games from the halfway point. No, I'm sorry, three games, right? Yeah, three games. Uh, so we're 25 in. Yeah, so we're three away. Yeah, three from, away. Yeah. Three away. Three games. Sharks are eight points out of a playoff spot currently. Uh, hey, look, we recently saw Calgary change their head coach in an effort to jump back in. Are, are the Sharks too far out? Eight points? Are they too inconsistent? Have too many questions at goal to make it back in? No. Okay, what do you say? No. Because it's the, the point I made, I know, I believe I made it last week where it's like, you know, you have, okay, you're second last in the division, you're eight points out. You look at that and you say, oh, no way you're making it back. But the point that I made last week is every game you play this season is a game within your division, which means the teams you're beating are the teams that you're trying to catch. Yep. So technically, even though it's a shortened season, because everything is in division, I almost feel like the amount of time to sort of get your head back in the game it, it all, it's almost like you have more time because hmm. you know the sharks have you know they've got games coming up against minnesota uh st louis and arizona if if the sharks can of all those games if they can win maybe two-thirds they're cooking with gas here i mean they'll two they're two wins away from leapfrogging arizona and la i mean we got to get there obviously but well, eight points out. They're not out of it by any stretch. They're not out of it until teams start clinching. The the thing I look at is last time I looked, the Sharks are six points. Are they are, are they six points behind St. Louis? I want to say e, they are eight points behind. Eight, okay, they're eight points behind. But here's the thing: the Sharks have played three less games, and they played the Blues twice. A week, you know, between now and the next time we talk to you, there's a very significant chance that the Sharks could overtake the Blues. Dude, I'll t I'll do you one better. Let's say those three games that the Sharks are behind St. Louis, let's say they win all three and they're two points behind now. Then you get Sharks-Blues and the Sharks win that one. Man, who, who do the Blues play this week leading into San Jose next weekend? I'm kind of uh... curious. They play. Who are they going to do? Is it somebody in the upper echelon, like say Colorado, perhaps they, a Vegas? They play Even this coming <laughs> this coming week. They have two against LA and two against the Sharks. Hmm. Well, step it up, as, LA. As as we've said, the Sharks find a way to get it done against the Blues. Well, not only that, but as I we mentioned this last week, I believe, dude, the Blues does. They give up goals for all the talk about Bennington and he signed his new contract and everything like that. You look at it, they're the only team in the top four that have a minus goal differential. And if memory serves, they're the only ones. I think the Sharks have allowed more goals than the Blues 
but that's you know <laughs> that's where we're at most goals so, allowed in the in the west the sharks second most the blues that's concerning no I'll, so i'm at, i got it pulled up right here st louis has allowed 92 sharks have allowed 89 oh i'm so oh then i must have read something a day and, ago and anaheim has allowed <laughs> 95 oh okay so <laughs> there you okay. go so the the sharks have scored 13 less than the blues but they've allowed three less so to your point it's mm. you know it and obviously the sharks say what you want about the way the roster is constructed they've got some shooters and some finishers on this team if you can get goals quick against the blues you're you're sailing you're right. in business well i mean I, yeah it's unfortunately looking at the schedule for the blues it, it it's kind of a it's kind of unfortunate that they got two games against LA because LA is another team that the Sharks are trying to catch. So I think at that point you're just hoping no overtime. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah, too much of that so far. Come I'm inclined. Yeah, I'm inclined to go with LA just because the Sharks are closer to them. Like if the Blues win those games, it's going to look a little more critical. The Sharks would have to keep pace. Yikes. Uh, coming up this week, as we're talking about two versus Vegas, currently first in the division, eight, two and O over the last 10. I mean, I'm not calling them the Islanders who are on a nine game win streak right now, but that's pretty significant. Vegas is three and O against the Sharks this season. Uh, and then the Sharks, of course, have those back to backs against the Blues this weekend. And that does mark the halfway point. Again, as we're saying, Blues currently fourth, but they're four, three and three over their last 10 and the thing that we have to worry about next weekend is the Blues have been road warriors. They're like 10-2-1 on the road so far. And they're 3-1-1 one, one versus San Jose. But they lost their last five at St. Louis. So we'll see how, how the Blues headspace is at. For Vegas, though, here's the interesting thing. And we know that Jerk is down there. T-Mobile is allowing 20% attendance for tomorrow and Wednesday, which equates to about 3,500-ish. Mm -hmm. uh, how'd that ticket price looking for you? You think you're going to go? <sighs> uh -oh. Dude, it was... <laughs> <F> you! <laughs> so I, <clears throat> I looked. They were they were initially at 15% capacity, 1.5. And lowest ticket I saw was 250. And then they announced the increase to 20% capacity. And lowest ticket price I saw went down went down to 108, 118. So we're we're kind of getting close to to my neighborhood here. But you know the governor of Nevada he said starting tomorrow organizations can petition to have events with 50 percent capacity five zero. So if the Vegas Golden Knights if they get to 50 percent capacity, I think that changes the game and you know might have to scrounge through the couch cushions to try and get out to this one. <laughs> I like it. Uh, <laughs> of note for the upcoming game, Sorensen uh, earlier today pulled out of COVID protocol. So good news for him. However, Shellman and Nason have been moved from the taxi squad to the Barracuda. Uh, with the ascension of Gabriel, I kind of wonder how much longer Nason sticks around. Yeah, I that you know that's a good point because Nason. I mean, Nason's not a fighter like Gabriel is, but Nason is kind of that that sort of gritty kind of character. Sandpaper. He'll hit you. He'll, you know, he'll play physical. Yeah, that's no. You make a solid point where it's 
you know, it, it's looking like, unfortunately, he might not have a spot on this team. Obviously, with the unpredictability of COVID, you know, maybe Nason finds his way back in. Who knows? Yeah. But it, it's not looking good for him. And, and, and Umit, Umit, I'm sorry if I'm not saying that correctly, saying Petrangelo might be out. That's a solid point. Right. Mark Stone is also banged up. Solid point there as well. So if the Sharks, if they can get to Vegas early, I don't think it'll be total disaster. Well, I'm interested to see how that's going to work out because it seems like we've it's been quite a while since we've uttered the name Stefan Nason. Oh! So let's move on to a quick second. We will uh, bring in on the chat PuckGuy14 saying, Hey, Jerk, April 19th, let's go. I won't be there that day. Uh, and, and, and I'm, and, and I'm going to, I have my trusty jerk decoder ring. What that means is he's going to be at the game. He just doesn't want to go with you. No, uh, no. I, you know what? Uh, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Well, you know what? Yeah. Puck guy. Let's, let, let's chat. Let's, let's bang it out here. Let's see if we can get something rolling. Okay. <laughs> Speaking of banging it out, we've just heard from rocket backhander who evidently fell asleep. So that's why she's not on tonight. <laughs> hey, you know what happened happens uh, to the, happens best, to of the best of us. Yeah. Uh, and, and real quick, Rizzo Rizzo making a good point that stimulus just hit. So we'll see. Oh, <laughs> feel that stimmy. <laughs> as the millennial as the millennials say on Twitter, Daddy Biden has come through. So I know. <laughs> so we've reached that point of the show. We're about halfway through. We think. We hope. <laughs> we hope. <laughs> So we told you that if you were cool enough to throw us five stars, leave us a nice review on iTunes, that we would, kaboom, drop you a bobblehead. And so we got a couple winners to announce, and I see one of them currently in the chat. So Sharks Lass, hi you got yourself a cane bobblehead, as does at CJ3 triple O. I guess that's supposed to be CJ3000, but with all little O's. But either way, you have won bobbleheads. So we will be contacting you this week to make sure you get those. I have a feeling that Sharks Lass and I will just like meet at like Pete's Coffee and have a drink and she'll have her, her bobblehead. Uh, <laughs> so both of you left uh, great reviews for us on iTunes. We appreciate that. So if you would like to catch yourself a bobblehead or some other shark's trinket that we're uh, going to be doling out again do us a favor subscribe on the youtube channel of course but leave us a review on itunes give us five stars we're trying to push that right now we want to build that up so we would appreciate it if you did that and hey you might win some stuff so let's move on real quick the stats of course when you win three games and, and things are looking up uh, stats are going to trend in your favor. Last five games, the Sharks are 29% on the power play, 93 on the penalty kill. Pretty solid when you compare them <laughs> to on the season. On the season, the power play is 21, but over the last week, it's moved from 24th to 17th. And the PK right now, like I said, 93 over the last five games, 79 on the season. So a huge upgrade there. Let's move into who's hot and who's not. This is going to be uh, an interesting list because I know a couple weeks ago we struggled to say who was hot. Now it's a struggle to say who's not. And I'm going to start with Evander Kane. Seven goals, 13 points in his last 10 games. I mean, jerk, hello. 
dude, teams got to be getting a little heavy when you're carrying them. <laughs> well, and and I I think this is really huge for Kane as well as I mentioned earlier. You have all the drama off the ice going on, which is, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even think it should be talked about. I think it's personal and it should just be left out there. But he's put all that aside when he's on the ice, and he's been, I would argue, probably the best player over the last week and a half to two weeks. And easy, you know, he he, like I said, you know, he's playing as if you know he wants to <laughs> make that money. Yeah, I'm he's just playing saying, like he, he owes people money. Is that what you're trying to say? You know, he, he's, you know, he's he's just, you know, not taking as many penalties. So obviously he's out there on the ice more, and it allows him to get in on the offense. As I said before, you know, he's got 23 points in 25 games. That's a 75 point pace over an 82 game season, which would obliterate his a career high from two years ago if it was a full season. So he's obviously feeling it. He's feeling good. He's got the chemistry with Logan Couture and Kevin LeBanc. It's it's hard not to be excited. And mm-hmm. I for all that's said about contracts, you know, what's an anchor, what's not, I've I've never really felt as though Evander Kane's contract has been an anchor. I've always felt even in the worst times it's a justified deal. Yes. But he's proving that he's earned it right here, right now. Oh, big time. That you know, when you look at all those long deals, that's it's literally the one that I've really never had a problem with. No, I mean, oh, like, how dare you pay a 30-goal scorer 30-goal scorer money? <laughs> In his prime. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. kidding. So, also on the hot list, of course, his buddy LeBanc posts, you know, a 3.9 after being benched the previous game, also throws up a goal the following game, uh, 11 points, including five goals over his last 10 games. Hayo, you know, scoring at more than a point per game over the last 10 and again, LeBanc, all anybody's going to talk about is, I can't believe he got stapled to the bench. And it's like, dude, it was one fucking period. Like, yeah, one one period out of 25 games. Yeah, so solid there. Uh, and Dem- for, oh. for the, sorry, for the math, for the mathematics people, um, he's on pace, <laughs> he's on pace for, he's on pace for 56 points over an 82 game season, which would match his career high. However, I would make the argument that he is playing better than the stats indicate. So and justify that contract. Hey, now, as you say. Yeah, right. We got their numbers. Uh, I love numbers. <laughs> Devin Dubnik, hello. Relieved Jones gets three straight starts, throws up a shutout, a nine thirty three over his last three starts. Gotta love it. Uh, Curtis Gabriel, come on. Mm-hmm. Real mean, quick, real quick. Yeah. Devin Devin Dubnik has able with the way he's played the last three games. His save percentage for the season is now over 900. Oh, uh-huh. Not much, but it's over. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Curtis Gabriel. Curtis Gabriel, you said. Gotta love him. Even though John Scott's going to tell him to pump the brakes. Look, he seems to bring in an energy. Other guys on the team seem to really enjoy this guy. So, look, whatever it takes to, to bring the room together, I'm for it. I don't care if one of the games he like played four minutes. I'm fine. If it's something that's going to bring this group together, sure. Uh, Ryan Donato, four assists in his last five games. Now, those have been four quiet assists, but he's producing. Yeah, and and I think with Donato, some, some, you know, the haters will say, wow, no goals in 17 games, and you've got him on the hot list. But like you said, he's factoring in on the offense. He's getting assists. But also, as as we kind of talked about last week with Ryan Donato, he hasn't scored in forever. But it's not for lack of trying. You know, he's there 
every night. He's around the front of the net. He's getting open and he's taking his chances. So I, I really think for Ryan Donato, I think the dam is going to burst at some point. And also over an 82 game season, he would be at a 40 point player, which would be a career high. See current pace that he's on. I should say, how can you not like that? And then finally on the hot list, you see it on jerks shirt. (laughs) EK 65. Dude, dude, Eric, Dude, Eric, the last two weeks, Eric Carlson has been mowing your lawn, dude. <laughs> Over the last he's, five games. He's, he's going to say on the Zoom call, oh, nothing to say this week, AJ. <laughs> Chief, mowing your lawn. Chief has posted a goal and three assists for four points, matching his point total for the previous, I don't know, 19 games. Uh, however, though, he's essentially been pulled off the PK, and it makes me wonder if that's helped his game. Over, in two of the last seven, he's he hasn't played on the PK, and in the uh, in two of those other games, he only played three seconds and eighteen seconds, respectively. Good. Uh, let him let him do the offense. Okay, but he, you know, he a couple weeks ago we talked about this that when it was brought to his attention, he wasn't a fan of being pulled off the PK. He thought that was a big part of his game. That was something he wanted to do. Um, here is EK65 earlier this week talking about playing on the PK and maybe playing less of it. No, I mean, I think that's that's another thing you can't control. That's, you know, not my decision. Uh, again, I do what I can when I'm called upon, whatever that is. Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit there and bitch and moan about doing this and doing that. Uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to to help this team win games and do well for myself and my teammates. And uh, whenever that is, it is. And uh, all the other, you know, small things, that's uh, that's not, you know, up to me to decide. And, and uh, you know, we uh, we have full belief in, in our coaching staff that, you know, they do what they think is best for the team. And So essentially it's like, yeah, I'd like to be on the PK, but the coach doesn't want me there, so I can't. <laughs> and and I and I think that's fine. You know, if he if he's off the penalty kill, you can have him out there on the power play, more even strength situations, more late game need a tying goal situations. I'm fine with it. And in the in the month of March, there have been one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games in the month of March, plus seven over those seven games. Yeah. You, no. So I'm calling it out, Chief, dude. dude. Make me a believer. I'm dying for you to do it. I was going to say, dude, that shirt I'm wearing is going to be on you real quick. All right. Make me a believer, <laughs> Chief. That's all I'm saying. You know, it's like everybody talks about what was it? It was like December of 18, January of 19. Oh, my God. Yeah. And now, okay, two weeks this season. Keep it up. If he can continue this throughout the remainder of the schedule, okay, you're going to start to change my opinion a scotch. And but I need some consistency. And you know what? He's also, you mentioned the PK as well. He's playing about two minutes less per game than he was in January and February. So I think, I think it's been huge for him. I mean, let's let, you know, Eric Carlson, he's a hell of a player, but he's offense is his, is his bread and butter. Yeah. Why, why not keep him fresh enough to be out in offensive situations more often? You know, I, I I think what's also helped is obviously it, it, it's a it's a pretty tantalizing idea to have Carlson and Burns out there together when you need a goal. But 
I think by having Carlson, you know, in the power play situation or in the need a goal situation, having Carlson out there by himself, I think also kind of makes him a better player just because when the puck is on his stick, it's all on him. It's all on him. It's not, oh, I have to get it to Burnsy and he's going to do this. It's, okay, puck's on my stick. These guys are going to go where I'm going to go. And, you know, he's... He's he's still firing the same, you know, the same lasers that he's always been firing, but guys are catching it, they're getting open for him and I just it's great to see, you know, and the, the obviously the assist on Kane's overtime goal was a nice pass as well. Oh, very much. His his defense looks a lot crisper as well. I can recall we mentioned it last week, at least one situation in each of last week's games where he's bailing out the goalie and clearing the puck out and same thing this week where he's just you know he's not gonna ra- he's not gonna you know hit a guy clear the puck and and quick change never gonna be that guy but he's think... having he's having his assignments he's doing what he needs to do everything just looks better okay and this is the thing I think what we've seen in the last two weeks from Eric Carlson is the Eric Carlson we expected from day one when he signed the extension and that's fair. that's why there's been so much vitriol directed his way. Because it's like, look, it's clear you can do this. <laughs> so do it consistently, <laughs> and people aren't going to dump on you. <laughs> no, he's he's been great, and and like I said, you 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 do have that that bit of trepidation where it's like, okay, when's he going to get back to the Eric Carlson who struggles? But I just, man, mm-hmm. and like I said, the offense looks. You know, he's obviously he's putting up points. You know, he's got two goals and three assists in the month of March, seven games, as I said. Um, just looks better defensively. The breakout is better. Getting back on D is better. Skating looks better. I mean, it's it's all, it's all better. It's yeah. all better. All right, we got to move on. <laughs> I could talk about Eric Carlson the whole. Yeah, time. we don't need to. <laughs> yeah, we'd have to spend twenty minutes filleting Eric Carlson. Let's move on. On the not list, hello Martin Jones. Like, figure it out, buddy. <laughs> like, hey, you know what? Good game. Good game. The second game against Anaheim. He he had a good game. I give him credit for that. But it's. You know, you're not you're you're not gonna win everybody over with one good game. Well, and not only that, it's like, hey, you know what? Start six games, you know, get, um, not consecutively. You know, like obviously Doobie's gonna get in there, and especially with all the back to backs. But it's like over the course of your next six starts, maybe you don't get pulled from one of them. <laughs> Just saying, <laughs> that would be nice, all right? Uh, and then, of course, on the other the the other end of the not hot list, uh, Shelman, Gregor, and Blickfeld. Welcome to the Barracuda, guys. Uh, let's move on. I still think Gregor's got another gear. We'll see it. We'll like see it you look, dude. He w- he went down to the Barracuda, made an immediate impact. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he's called back up this week. To be honest with you, <laughs> potentially and, we'll see. And and I, you know what? I kind of have to throw it in there. <sighs> Two guys, Patrick Marlowe. I Who? said it last. I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. If this record is not in sight, Chief's not on an NHL deal this year. You're right. I mean, it. now, I will say he's being paid like a fourth liner, and he's playing like a fourth liner. So it's hard to complain about it from that perspective. But just from the perspective of, you know, you mentioned it earlier, he was, you know, he played a few games as the second-line center. You telling me he doesn't have another gear in him? Yeah. Well, and And then, obviously... He's on the not list just because, you know, Marcus Sorensen. You know, the, I think the best thing 
that happened to Marcus Sorensen is when he got yanked from the lineup. Oh, I thought you were going to say got COVID. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, hold on. And you know what? I need you to uh, continue on this path. I will be back in, in 60 seconds. But, yes, tell everybody else who is not hot right now. All right. So AJ Strong has given me the keys uh, to the car here. We're going to not uh, try and wreck it. Obviously, um, like I said, Marcus Sorensen, he, man, he really got a lot of people to fall in love with him a couple years ago, 17 goals. But you know what? He had a rough go last season, and, and this season it looks to be more of the same. He's firmly on the not list, I would say. And, you know, it, it's one of those situations, addition by subtraction, where it's like, okay, get this guy out of the lineup just because he's not doing anything. He's not contributing. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, even if the Sharks somehow find a way to a playoff spot, I just don't know how Sorensen factors into the equation at all. And I want to say real quick, we're, let's back up a bit, and then we can obviously oh. move on because oh. it's been a while. But Can I play it? I want to – sure. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, I think somebody who probably deserves to be on the hot list or at the very least simmering, Matt Nieto. Yeah, yeah. Totally he's only got you. only has a goal and an assist in the month of March, but you know what? He's he's the Sharks' best penalty killer this year, which you obviously need. But he he's using his speed to play well defensively, create things offensively. He hit the crossbar last night. Uh, if you're listening live, second oh, game against Anaheim. If you're I not, I can't believe that didn't go in. Yeah, so he's he's just playing really well, and it's the same thing as Donato, and I would say Gambrell to a lesser extent, where the offense is not there, but it's kind of hard to be upset with the rest of their game. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on to uh, some hot topics. Okay, this was something that, uh, you know what? We, we, we even got to, there's so much here that I even have to throw up the graphic. I have some things to say. <laughs> all right? <laughs> we all remember the hit that Joachim Blickfeld put on McKinnon a couple weeks ago. It saw Blickfeld get a two-game suspension. Now, Chris Versteeg on NHL radio complained that Blickfeld only got two games for the McKinnon hit and it wasn't enough. And and that's fine if if that's your, you know, if you think that he should have gotten more your opinion. Fine. But the thing that I had a problem with his primary reason was because the hit was on a superstar. As if Blickfeld if he had hit some fourth line guy Hey, two point or uh, two games? Yep, sure, fine. And so my question is, jerk, should status play into a suspension? Because if two people get caught doing sixty in a twenty-five, does it matter if one guy was in a brand new Bentley and the other guy was driving a ninety-three Tercel? And it's it's not like Blickfield is a thug. You know, he leads the Barracuda in points and goals for Pete's sakes. It's not like he said, hey, you know what? To make my impact with the Sharks, I think I'll go out there and kill a superstar today. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't I don't really understand Chris Versteeg's mindset. And it just doesn't make sense. I mean, yes, Nathan McKinnon is a superstar. That's not, you know, that's, that, that's not a big secret. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the league. But to say that a player, in this case, Joachim Blickfeld, should be penalized more just because he hit somebody who's of superstar status. I'm going to let you know, whether it's Connor McDavid or whether it's... Who? You know, 
Yeah, whether it's <laughs> whether it's Connor McDavid or whether it's AJ, you know, winning a contest and getting to morning skate with the Sharks, everybody's brain is built the same. Wait a minute, when does that contest start? <laughs> and <laughs> how see, can I be involved in it? <laughs> you see, you see, my point though is like you could be the best or the worst player in the league, your brain still takes contact the same way, mm-hmm. and so. Just say, oh, you know, Joachim, Joachim Blickfeld, he breezed through McKinnon. It was two games. Well, if he, you know, it should have been five. It should have only been two games if he breezed through, you know, Matt Calvert. It's like, well, where's the logic in that? It, it hurt the same way. It was the same hit. So I, and and I liked Chris Versteeg as a player, but this point that he tried to make on the NHL radio, that's not it. It's not it, Chief. Yeah. No, when I heard that, I was like, I'm sorry. I don't, I, I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know who the player is if you want to protect people you, you protect them it shouldn't make a difference if it's Connor mcdavid or if it's i don't know frederick handemark you know what i mean i just i yeah. don't get it like the it's you know they're all nhl players they're all part of the same players union they're all playing the same game you know so it's <laughs> it just doesn't make sense no, you're right. Uh, let's jump into this I, for a quick. I assume I assume that transition was to the person in the chat who missed you while you were gone. No, no, it's not that. It's that I had to had to jump jump something in here because, of course, Puck guy, ever Ooh. the guy, heard something that Jerk said and said, "I see potential for comedy." <laughs> Can you see it? Yes, I love. <laughs> that now oh, that is if, if eric know. if eric can learn how to do all of his photos at 1280 by 720 that would help <laughs> dude but mowing solid your... <laughs> solid solid the only thing you needed next to that was like donald trump screaming at him right the kid mowing the lawn <laughs> i think it would have been even better if like <laughs> like <laughs> if it was just can you throw the graphic up one more time if you can yeah I think it would be better if in one of those windows on the house, it was just a photo of you looking out the window like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Somebody can go, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Mowing your lawn, dude. <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, we got to move on. Jesus Christ. Uh, it's only two of us and we're still dragging ass. Uh, this past week, Daniel Kaplan and Kevin Kurz reported that Evander Kane and the Sharks have informed federal bankruptcy court they are considering ending Kane's contract. Uh, I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't want to get into this until somebody has something to actually report. Do, I mean, do you have any thoughts on this? Because I'm just going to say, we all remember what happened the last time someone speculated on Evander Kane. It, it did not go well. I don't want to speculate on this guy. Yeah, I, I would say, you know, you with, with the information that's out there, you can obviously draw your own conclusions. But as, as I've said before, you know, neither of us are related to Evander Kane, work with Evander Kane, are on his legal team. Right. The, any Anything we say, assuming that we're right or wrong, doesn't matter because it's not our situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean Shapiro, also on The Athletic, had a piece this past week that detailed that other NHL teams are watching very closely how it works out for the Kings and the Sharks who have gone to a full digital audio network for their games, leaving terrestrial radio behind. Um, 
it didn't appear to work for the Oakland Athletics very well last year, but that, you know, baseball and hockey are vastly different. And if I go to a baseball game, I see a decent amount of people there sitting there with the Walkmans and, you know, some sort of earpiece. They're listening to the transistor or they're streaming something. Uh, I don't see that at Sharks games. So the funny thing about this is, of course, too, is that San Francisco Giants in local sports station KMBR just announced a four-year extension, again, proving that baseball has to be dragged kicking and screaming into the new era. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But do you, I mean, is this the future? Is just, we're just going to go full streaming? Because at least the Sharks app, you get the Teal report from Ruzanowski and you get other, you know, it's just basically something you can turn on and start streaming and you never know what's going to be on there. I, I would like it if they had some sort of a menu where it's like two days ago they did a live thing with, say, Dan Boyle and you can go back and listen to it at your leisure. That, I think, would be cool. I just think the Sharks app, it sucks. You know, it, and they it's did kind have, of a pain in... There was, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there was uh, a tweet either yesterday or the day before from Ruzanowski, like early in the first period where it's like, sorry, you know, thanks, Hunter. No, not thanks, Hunter. But sorry, we're having technical difficulties. And you just go, oh, that guy. Yeah. You can't do that when you're making this transition. Yeah, it, it, it's just... The Sharks app sucks. So it's kind of hard to kind of build a network within the app just because it, it's kind of tough to navigate it sometimes it can be a bit buggy especially when you're at the tank have you tried to log on to the wi-fi there um it's like but, Winnipeg. <laughs> but in that same kind of viewpoint i like the idea of creating a network you know what i mean where mm -hmm. it's almost it's it, it's it's I think it's what almost... you're trying to say is you're waiting for us to be on that network. But anyway, <laughs> hey, maybe <laughs> it, it, it's almost kind of like a streaming service in a, in a, in a way, mm -hmm. you know, where it's like, okay, yeah, like this is the sharks streaming service, you know? And okay. I love Ted Raimi. So I'm just going to blow through all of Ted Raimi stuff. I want to hear it all right here, right now. And Ooh, you know, maybe I want to hear Dan Rusinowski on my drive home, or maybe I want to do whatever. I think it's a really great idea, especially if you can diversify you know, if you can diversify your content and you can get a bunch of different stuff on there, I think it's awesome. And then the ability, obviously, to have the game, um, you know, have the game on there as well. I, I, I think it's 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 really revolutionary and I really like the idea of it. You got to clean up the app, though. Yes, absolutely. Well, it you know, it's one of those things that it almost kind of reminds me of uh, iTunes back in the day. Just that it's like, yeah, we're going to use this so it's going to manage your music library, your movies, your TV, your podcast, your blah, blah, where it was almost like, okay, you're trying to make it do too much. Right. Like maybe there needs to be a separate application strictly for your audio network. And well, and they've done that. Yeah. Well, no, it's they still... have They have it. Well, because they have Apple Music. They have Apple Podcasts. Oh, so I'm they've... sorry. I thought you were mentioning yeah. the Sharks. Yeah. No, no, I'm, no, I'm waiting for the Sharks to like launch a separate app. And folks, if you if you feel so inclined, uh, <laughs> please petition for uh, Tilltown USA to be merged into the Sharks audio. <laughs> to the, the, the technologist to be added to the, uh, the the rotation. Hey, we'll take the two to four a.m. time slot. We're fine. Absolutely. Well, because it's streaming at your leisure. You know. There you go. Just saying. I'm just saying, dude. Two to four a.m. five days a week, and then out the door, all good. Uncensored, yes. Sure. <laughs> all right. 
Uh, on Friday, Sharks general manager Doug Wilson finally broke his silence. No, I'm, it's not like he's hiding somewhere, but he did held court with the local scribes to give his thoughts on the state of the Sharks. And I get that you want to spin things in the right direction. You want to keep you know your fan base in a, in a positive mindset. Uh, but I feel like I heard a lot of the same stuff I heard a year ago. And results are results. The Sharks are on pace right now to miss the playoffs for the second consecutive year. Uh, through 25 games last season, this, uh, the Sharks, I have it written down, were 13-11-1. This year, 11-11-3. So, that's mm, a little tough, but you know who really didn't seem to be too thrilled about the whole idea of this uh, rebuild, reset, whatever you want to call it, is Evander Kane. No, I mean, I think, um, you know, after the year we had last year, um, you know, I think it was pretty pretty clear that, uh, you know, we were not, uh, you know, going to be the team that we were maybe the first year that I got here. Um, you know, that doesn't take a rocket science to figure out. Um, you know, obviously I did not sign here to uh, go through a rebuild or go through, uh, <clears throat> you know, what I did for 10 years in Ottawa. Um but it is what it is. I think that, uh, you know, we need to find a way to, you know, build with the core of the group that we have here and, and you know, uh, figure out a way, uh, you know, how to be competitive here in the, in the upcoming years. Uh, you know, even this year, I think it's a different tiny kind of year. If we can find a way to get ourselves into the playoff, um, you know, anything can happen. Because um, I do think that we have a good group of guys here. Um, but again, uh, you know, that's that's things that, you know, it's not a mind concern. Uh, it's not something I can do anything about. That's not my position in the organization. My position is to play hockey and, and be out on the ice and, and you know, perform there. And, uh, you know, you just have to put the trust in in the people around you that deal with those type of things. And, and you know, here it's it starts with Doug Wilson. So I said Evander Kane. Obviously, I meant Eric Carlson. But EK doesn't sound like he's too happy with some of the things that were said by Doug Wilson, and let's take a couple of these bullet points one by one, Jerk. First off, he said, uh, the team is planning on keeping his first-round pick. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, especially, you know, especially if it's going to be a situation where, you know, according to the current, according to the standings, you know, if the Sharks do keep their first-round pick and the standings obviously stay the way they are, um, the Sharks would be picking ninth. We all know who they got last time at number nine. But anyway, um, yeah, you, you have to – I mean, unless unless you are trading your first for somebody who is 22 years old and already an elite-level player, keep it. And if you're 22 you know? and you're elite, why would you be getting traded? <laughs> well, you know, uh, I think Patrick Laine would like a word. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, but – it, 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 you know, it also, and I believe, you know, obviously our buddy Shang threw it out there as well, where I believe the quote was something to the effect of, you know, he's not, Doug Wilson doesn't want to trade his first at the deadline. Didn't say anything about before or after it. So as far as I'm concerned, it's all on the table until he makes the pick. Yeah. Um, you said Bugner and staff have done an excellent job, which to me, I go, well, what is he going to say? <laughs> you know, 
Of course you want to, to, to praise your staff. I mean, yeah, I think they've done a decent job, but it, it, I don't know. Anytime I hear certain things like that, maybe it's because I've just become jaded after hearing so many media calls or whatever where I just feel like, oh, my God, I've, you know, it's the 20th time I've heard this, the 18 different way. Fine. Uh, he also said, you know, the team is in a reset, focused on the future rather than the present. Is there a choice? Uh, well, you could um, <laughs> you could be focused on nothing. You know, you could you 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 could um, continue to. I mean, you could continue to focus on the present while not acknowledging that you're that you're a shitty team. Um, All right. You know, but that that would be very Detroit of us. So, <laughs> well, he also said goaltending has been inconsistent. Uh, thank you for acknowledging the obvious. I, I would disagree. I think it's been very consistent. It's been consistently bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, has said he has not spoken with Hasso Plotner, team owner, uh, about uh, about his own future. Yeah. And it's, it's I hear the words Hasso Plotner, and I'm like, who? Like, yeah, who has spoken with him? And then also he praised Couture for what Wilson called improved team culture as if there was nowhere to go but up. So, <laughs> but you know what? It's it's confident instilling to know that it has gone up. Do you agree? I'll give you that. But his philosophy went from you know committing to more win now to a reset that includes emphasizing younger players. Well, I mean, you don't have the cap space to bring in anybody else financially. You ju you don't have a choice. The contracts you've signed have put you in this position, and I'm actually a little. Uh, look, I'm not going to call out the media that were on there, but I'm a little surprised that I didn't hear anybody ask about that to say, look, these contracts, your, you know, your contract situation, th this is all on you. You're the one that signed these deals with Vlasic and Jones and, and Carlson and blah, 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 blah. Like, <laughs> how do you see yourself out of this? When you're going to miss the playoffs, what looks to be, you know, two consecutive years, three times in seven, like what drove you to sign some of these deals to, to basically change your MO from like no deal longer than five. And all of a sudden you're like handing out seven and eight year deals like candy on Halloween. It's just, I don't understand why you would paint yourself into a corner. I get the idea yeah. that you would have to pay the California tax. Like you might have to pay a player a little bit more to play in California because of the high tax, because of the heavy travel, you might have to, you know, put a little more bloom on the rose, a little more polish on the turd versus playing somewhere like Dallas where, Oh, no state taxes. Oh shit. Sign me up. Right. Well, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to, look at a decision from three years ago with the knowledge of today and, you know, say what you say, what you want about those contracts. You mentioned Carlson, uh, Jones, Vlasic, maybe even Burns say what you want about all of them at the time that all four of those deals were signed. It was the right play because, you know, we <laughs> Vlasic didn't start to suck until after he signed the deal. <laughs> well, so, but, but what I'm saying is like, you know, and, and you and I both hate the argument. Well, somebody was going to pay him. And it's like, yeah, okay, you can, you can like, I know AJ will say, then let them. Mm -hmm. But what I would say is 
if you want to keep these players, you have to meet the market value. And obviously, you think back at the time, you're a team that can contend for a Stanley Cup. Why wouldn't you keep your good players? Of course. Of course. So, and, 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 and don't get me wrong, dude. I get the point you're trying to make. I appreciate it. I, to some level, agree with the point you're trying to make. I just think a lot of people are guilty of looking at decisions from three years ago with the knowledge of today. All right, I'll give you that. I'm totally down with that. Let's move on. Oh, here we go, people. Around the NHL. <laughs> Look, we didn't cover it the last week. I want to quickly mention it now. Last week, Tom Wilson got suspended for seven games for boarding Brandon Carlo. Now, I, you know, I'm not going to get into the history that Tom Wilson has at being a dirty player or anything like that. My problem is that Tom Wilson got suspended seven games from the Department of Player Safety for a play that wasn't even called a penalty in the game. And, and that was the point that I was trying to make like in the last week or so. It's that, look, I get the refs are going to miss things. Absolutely. It happens. The heat of the game. Look, <laughs> Hurdle, Braun, LeBanc, those guys all took shots to the head. We all remember them. And it just is a little maddening that Department of Player Safety can come in after the fact. Again, Tom Wilson, it wasn't even called a penalty into the game, but Department of Player Safety goes, you, the refs didn't see that, but we did. You can't do that. And boom, here's your suspension. Why that didn't happen with those hits with Hurdle, Braun, and LeBanc is a little maddening. I would like to see Department of Player Safety step up more in that regard. I don't give a crap if the refs miss it in the heat of the moment during the game. If Department of Player Safety has, you know, 27 different cameras going on and they can find stuff, you want this stuff out of the game. That's how you have to do it. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, the idea where the refs miss it and the, the refs miss it and then player safety comes around and and they ding them for it. I mean, it's not it's not a new concept. We've obviously seen it before, but to your point, it's not them, something we've seen very often. And you know, it's th this is not to say that these hit from hits from three years ago we're still bitter about them. But it's just if 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 that's how it's going to be, where they're going to you know pick up the referees' crumbs. I wish yeah. they would do. I wish they would be do consistent. it more often. Yep. I wish they would do it more often. And you know, like you said, player safety is watching every game. They see everything. And if they so, do it more often, maybe the you know some of these players stop pulling this crap. Now, the one point that I would make is, and I've seen some people say, well, we have a gold judge. Why don't we have a penalty judge? And I disagree with that because if there's a penalty judge, you're never going to finish a game on time. Well, correct. That I will give you. Like, Again, and you know what? but this is Pen about, to me, for me, though, this is about like these egregious hits and yes, especially correct. the ones that you want out of the game most of all, which are headshots. <laughs> imagine they stop the play and set it back three minutes because the referees missed a tripping in the neutral zone. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. No. No. Forget that. But you're you're right. The egregious plays, like, and here, and and this is the thing is like, say what you want. You know, obviously, depending on what team you're a fan of, you may think something is more or less egregious than something else. If the referee misses it, he missed it, and you just have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. That said, if it, like you said, AJ, if it's something egregious, a hit to the head, boarding, uh, you know, a, a, a bad slash, a slew foot, that's when you got to step in. Yes. But you know, if, you know, 
if the referee misses a, a flagrant hook in the hands, who cares? Yeah, that's the yeah, that, something like that. You know, a trip, a hook, something like that. I don't care about that. It's we want headshots out of the game. Like I said, headshots, boarding, slashing, and slew foots. Those are the big four, if you ask me. Absolutely. And I want to just say this right now. It's like we had, I know just a hot second ago, it was like we had over 50 watching, over only 17 thumbs up. Come on. But if you're not going to thumbs up, well, then do us a favor. Subscribe. Just saying. And I just, I just <laughs> want to say, Finn, Finn bringing up a point where it says, how about finding or suspending the refs for missing stuff? I don't know if you could be able to do that just because of the referee union and their job is reactionary. And if they don't react to something, it is what it is. However, I do think the refs need to be held to a higher standard because I would like to see them have a media call. Like they don't have to have it after the end of the game, like right at the heat of the moment. But I would like, you know, maybe something at the end of the month for them to like answer for, you know, be shown the replay and go, you know, is it a case of that you just missed this? Something. And and that's the thing is, is because like, I just think they need to be held accountable in general. Why, you know, and, and the moment that comes to my mind is last season. um, It was, I, I, it was the Montreal Canadiens and I want to say the Dallas stars where Dallas won in overtime on a missed penalty or, or something like that. And, you know, in the post game, Brendan Gallagher, you know, he said, you know, the referee missing a penalty right in front of him. It was the difference in the game. It cost us the game. I would like to see the referee call something that he sees. Obviously that's not exactly what he said, but that's paraphrasing what he said. And Brendan Gallagher got fined for that. Well, if you look at, if you hold on, if you look at the mic'd up from that game, the referee told Brendan Gallagher to fuck off. And I'm not <laughs> paraphrasing. That's what he actually said. So why can the referees and the linesmen get mouthy with the players? But then when, and nothing happens, but then when the players say that they didn't, when they say I'm mad because the referee didn't do the one thing he's supposed to do, why is that a fine? Well, but dude, the referees, dude. but the referees getting mouthy with the players is not a fine. Do, did we all forget about, uh, you know, Jonathan Marchessault's like meltdown after game seven who hasn't forgot right? or who doesn't remember, you know <laughs> so anyway we have to move it's... on we have we have to move on <laughs> the, yeah the nhl's proposed changes to the draft lottery that would see teams limited to no more than two lottery wins in a five-year period aka the edmonton oiler rule teams only allowed to jump 10 spots with a lottery win uh, 10 why that many? And a reduction in the number of picks decided by the lottery from three to two. What? I don't know. Anyway, uh, any changes to the draft lottery format would be subject to approval from the NHL's Board of Governors. The first two potential changes that I listed would not take effect until 2022 if approved, while the third would take effect this year. As well, the previous lottery results would not count towards the team's total uh, in regards to the changes about the two lottery wins in five-year period, let's be honest. We only want to know how is this eventually going to screw the Sharks when they make these changes. <laughs> yeah, dude. When the this season, I mean, you said it's not going to take effect this season, but dude, this season, if the Sharks, let's say they did take effect and the Sharks finish eleventh. <laughs> no, I think. Hold on, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, just real quick. I, I I like the I like the idea of 
you know, limiting the field from 16 to 10, I think, you know, I don't think it's fair that teams that almost made the playoffs get it, get a crack at it. Um, obviously what comes to mind for me is 2017. Um, you know, Philadelphia was, I believe 14th or either 12th or 14th and they moved and they moved up to number one. To me, that doesn't seem very fair. Now, some people will say, well, they had a really small chance and they hit it. So what's the big deal? And you're you're correct. But I just don't think that they should even have a chance if they were right there. So I like limiting the field. I don't know how I feel about only two um, picks being up for a lottery. Um, but again, I, I don't eventually I don't think it'll be something that anybody even really thinks about. So I don't know. we'll see. OK, look, the big news. Huge. The big news. Troy Grosnick. <laughs> Friend of the show. Say it. Started his first game in six years and got a 5-1 victory over the Anaheim Ducks. And what was great about this is that neither goalie had played for the Ducks who had started <laughs> Grosnick and his backup ever <laughs> in their history. That was a huge news. No, of course. The, the huge news that I'm talking about. Here we go. Oh, baby. The NHL and ESPN slash Disney have reached a groundbreaking seven-year rights deal. This includes games across the cable outlets, networks, streaming platforms. This is the Stanley Cup final on ABC. The NHL still has a second broadcast deal to negotiate and finalize, which includes airing three of the Stanley Cup finals over the next seven years plus another deal with a streaming partner. So it'll ultimately be a lucrative package when combined with the, you know, the 2.8, you know, the big cash coming from ESPN. And obviously this is a good thing. Perhaps get ESPN talking about hockey again. Uh, Maybe we'll see the return of NHL tonight. But the last time, and here's my big point about this. Like, I love the deal. Of course, you're going to enjoy the fact that, oh, look, the NHL is back on a sports network. That's great. But the last time I watched ESPN with any regularity, NHL network didn't exist, right? In a world of narrow casting, uh, while having the NHL on a broader platform is, is great, I'm curious to see how the ratings might differ and how much attention ESPN actually pays to hockey because, like I said, the, NH- the, the NHL network is now a thing. Uh, let's see. Team specific podcasts are now a thing. These are all things that weren't around the last time ESPN was involved with the NHL. And let's not forget about what an NHL employee had to say about hockey. Or I'm sorry, not an NHL employee, an ESPN employee. Let's not forget what he said about hockey just nine months ago. Listen, I, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but in, in the United States of America, no one really cares about hockey. You know, the old joke is every town has 20,000 hockey fans. They all have season tickets. So the arenas are always sold out, but the TV ratings don't do anything. So it's not one of the four major team sports. <laughs> F- you! Yeah. I, I think we can all get behind that whole F- Max Kellerman, <laughs> but how do you feel just, about this? Well, so I understand your concern about the ESPN not 
talking about um, talking about the NHL. But you know, I was listening. I was listening to Thirty One Thoughts, um, or it was either Thirty One Thoughts or Overdrive. I get them all confused. But one of them, they basically said, "Look, you know, ESPN is not going to talk about what they don't have the rights for just because they're not getting a slice of the pie." So ESPN is getting money. You know, they have a money agreement with the NHL. I think you could logically predict that the ESPN will ramp up their NHL co- content just because they do get a slice of the action. Um, but I, I understand your concern because to your point, you know, as soon as that, that rights deal ended, it was like, what, you, what's hockey? Never heard of it, <laughs> you know? So I, I, I hope they ramp up the content, but you know, and I, the ESPN and ABC's coverage back in the day, I, you know, I mean, I was kind of young when it was really in its heyday, but everything I've heard and everything I've reflected and looked back on, they did a better job than NBC did. Yes. I don't think, I still don't think I'm going to watch just because I'm not really a TV pre post, you know, let's talk show. You know, I'm more of a podcast person. And so I don't know, but I think because they're getting a slice of the action, I think they will ultimately give more attention to it. It's just a matter of how much, but. Well, I think the the big thing I think is, you know, you're getting this deal in, and you know, we we kind of bandied about it off air. You know, this ESPN deal, we we both agreed, covers somewhere between sixty and sixty five percent of the national coverage for the NHL. Yeah, and the NHL is making more money off of sixty to sixty five percent than they did on the one hundred percent that NBC had. So, you know, the that 35 to 40 percent um, that either NBC or maybe Fox or God willing, CBS Sports picks up, <laughs> you know, I it, it's going to bring the NHL more money. And obviously COVID has been a detriment to the salary cap. But I think this is this accelerates the timeline to getting the financials back on track for the league, I think. Well, for me, there's a couple things. First off, this new influx of cash, it makes me how makes me wonder how that's going to impact the contracts. You know, are we going to see a bunch of guys take bridge deals now to get to you know twenty three, twenty four when when that fat TV cash rolls in? We'll see. Um, a lot of chatter around the deal on Twitter saying, "Oh, are, oh my God, are we getting you know Gary and Bill back? You know, Thorne and Clement going to be calling it." And the reason why I bring that up is. Dude, I remember a whole bunch of people back in 04-ish complaining night and day about those guys like I complained about Emmerich. So, I love Gary. I love Gary Thorne. Uh, dude, I don't have any problems with those guys, but I remember a lot of people bitching about them. But here's the one thing that got me about all the stuff that I read about this. One NHL executive put it simply, it's about the sports bar default. Mm-hmm. In other words, uh, you know, you go into any sports bar, they've got ESPN on their TVs. It's just, you know, as soon as they turn on the TV, that's just what's on there, blah, blah, blah. Um, has that gentleman or gentle lady been to a sports bar in the last decade? Because, you know, since flat panels and, you know, sports packages on satellite TV have become ubiquitous, um, I know words. I have the best words. Once that has happened, like ESPN is not the default. You know, I, I mean, I worked at a bar, a club 
in the 90s. Yes, it was, you know, we I think we had somewhere in the neighborhood of like 12, 14 TVs. Half of them were ESPN, half were ESPN2. That was pretty much it. But today, you know, you've got CBS Sports, NBC, Fox Sports 1, blah, 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 blah. You have an endless amount of stuff. It is no longer the default, not to mention the regional networks, whether it's NBCSN Bay Area, NBCSN California. So I don't know. I thought that comment by him was a bit short-sighted. We'll, you know, we're obviously going to put a pin in this, see how this happens over the next seven years with this deal, and find out who gets the other half of the package. I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Fox. Hey, bring back the glow puck. I don't care. <laughs> Let's see what it looks no, like I, in high def. <laughs> no, I think, <laughs> I think, yeah, I, I, I think that that bar, you know, that bar default that you're kind of talking about. I, you know, I don't think. I don't think it's a ridiculous thing to plan for, you know, like it, it's definitely, I think that's something that is still applicable, but you also make a solid point where you look at, look at Fox and you look at NBC where, you know, they've really ramped up their coverage. I mean, yes, NBC is still shutting down NBC sports network for God knows why, but money, you know, the, the one, but the one thing that they always hype up every spring is championship season. You know, you have the NHL, you've yep. got the horse racing, you've got the formula one, you know what I mean? So it, there's the tennis, I believe. So you're always hyping it up. They're always hyping up the championship season. And obviously with Fox, you know, you got FS one, you got a fucking 14 different Fox channels that show sports. <laughs> so, you know, it's definitely going to be, you know, I don't think that, that what what's the phrase you said bar default what did you say a sports bar default it's basically like like no, how, I know what it is I know, I know but it it's is. that whole idea of it's you know it's like oh a sports bar ESPN is the default airplane or airport CNN is the default <laughs> <laughs> right I you know I don't you I think you make a solid point where you know the, there's not really you know the sports bar default is not ESPN anymore it's just sports channel like whatever channel has sports put it on. Yeah, said, absolutely. Absolutely. Whether said, it's TBS, the major networks, doesn't matter. Well, yes, correct. That said, you will still see a bump just because hockey fans are not turning on ESPN prior to next year. You're right. So you're gonna you're gonna see a bump that way. And ESPN is still shown in bars. You know, I've I, I can I can tell you first hand experience. I was, you know, I was helping. Um, what the fuck are you doing in a bar? <laughs> no, I was. I was actually <laughs> helping. I was helping clean out a bar. I was helping clean out a bar. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, and kind of in 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 their patch bay, their patch bay. Um, you know, they had five direct TV boxes, and literally on the side of each box there was a label. You know, and it said CBS Sports, NBC Sports, See, Fox Sports. Yep. You know, so exactly. even though. The bars, the 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 sports bar default, it, it's not doesn't mean as much as it did 15 years ago. I still think there's some applicability there, if that's a word. Um, so we'll see. All right, a uh, few more things before we get out of here, which should Wait, have been done real, 20 minutes ago. But go ahead. Real quick, I just want to say, LD Shark, Disney owns Fox. They don't own Fox Sports. That's all I wanted to say. LD Shark made a point in the comments. I just wanted to say that. Fantastic. Let's move on. Let's let's talk about the little guy. Ooh, Barracuda. All 
So over this weekend, the Barracuda did lose consecutive games against the Bakersfield Condors, who, if memory serves, that's the affiliate to Edmonton, yes? Correct. All right. Uh, currently, the Cuda have a record of 5-4-2, and two, sitting fourth in the AHL's Pacific Division. Their current leader in goals was 7 and points with 10. We mentioned him earlier, Joachim Blickfeld. So let's see how much longer he stays down before he gets another call-up. In 12 games played so far, Ryan Merkley has five points but got his first goal last night. If you listen to Kevin Lacey, he will tell you Ryan Merkley so far is lazy. But that's what's going on with the Barracuda. And now it's time. Oh, I've been waiting for this. I know Jerk has been waiting for this. It's time, ladies and gentlemen, the tweet of the week. This coming, we just talked about ESPN from Connor McKenna. The last NHL game ever aired on ESPN was Tampa-Calgary, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final in 2004. I'm looking forward to millions of American viewers next year being impressed that Daryl Sutter still coaches the Flames. It's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. I mean, you talk about the callback of all callbacks. That is a tweet and a half. <laughs> yeah, dude. I love that. Um, <laughs> so let's, uh, let, let's, uh, let's finish it off here, guys. Uh, again, giveaway time. Here's how to win. We announced the two winners earlier tonight or earlier in the show. If you're listening to this on delay, so run over to iTunes, give us five stars and leave us a beautiful review along with whatever your social media handle is, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, what have you let us know. And we're going to pick three random winners. And we'll let you know who they are next Sunday. Again, tonight it was CJ3000 and Sharks Lass. So make sure to add a social media handle on there. We will go and look next Saturday and go, where are new reviews on there? Who are the cool people that hooked us up? So you want to win some shark stuff? That's the way to do it. Uh, you can follow Hockey Jerk at Hockey underscore Jerk on the Twitter machine. You can catch me at AJ underscore strong. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear us, I don't know, shoot the shit about, <laughs> <laughs> throw them at Pucknologists on Twitter. Uh, jerk, I know we have uh, two more things here, <laughs> but I'm just going to give you your famous last words now. Famous last words. So the regular season for the Hockey All Svenskin in Sweden <laughs> ended. Doesn't um, matter. <laughs> and uh as you as you all know jonathan dolan who is on team Arua, um led the team led the league in scoring 71 points in 45 games uh timura it was the best team in the all svenskin this year so we're assuming they go on a deep playoff run but jonathan dolan looks good season's wrapping up over there i'm hoping this means that we see him back in north america sooner rather than later nice uh, for me, a couple things, uh, you know, and, and I'm a, I'm a miserable bastard some days. Uh, Joe Pavelski, God love you, man. Still Ooh. leading the stars with 14 goals, 25 points, the best start through 24 games in his entire career. At this point, Dallas is barely better than the sharks points wise. So it's not as if Pavs is putting this all together while being part of a wagon. Okay. 
Uh, he, it's not like he's on a juggernaut like the Islanders or Tampa or Vegas. More goals and points than any Shark right now with one less game played. Just saying. Joe freaking Pavelski. 36-year-old Joe Pavelski. You know, wow. What a washed-up guy this is. I was going to uh, say, imagine how well he'd be playing if he wasn't a has-been. Yeah. Um, my other thing, can we stop comma-talking? Or what is that? Comma talking, Yoda speak, if you will. I don't know. Uh, this is a thing that I noticed with Brett Hedekin, and he 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 didn't do it as much early on, but he seems to be doing it a lot, and it seems to be a contagious thing because Randy Hahn is now doing it at an alarming rate. And what I mean by this is that the place where you know, but I have a day job. Jerk has a day job. We have day jobs, and if somebody sent out a memo. It, typically the memo would say the campus is closed due to COVID-19. But mm-hmm. it seems to be that a lot of it is like due to COVID-19, comma, the campus is closed. And I noticed in the last game or two that Randy and Brett, and I started writing them down because it was happening that often. It was, he made the save, Jones did. Averaging 17 minutes a game, Couture is. Kept on the perimeter, the Ducks have been. Like, you sound like Yoda with this. You know? Mm. Kept on the all perimeter, I'm, the Ducks have been. All I'm saying is, um, <laughs> all I'm saying is my, my master's program advisor, advisor would roll his eyes if I put that in a paper. D- dude! But I'm saying, when I heard him, when Randy went, kept on the perimeter, the Ducks have been. I'm like, are you kidding me right now with this? And again, this is something that seems to have started with Hedekin, that it's like some sort of condition that is. Sorry there, Hunter. Yeah. It's infected, huh? Oh, my God. Anyway, please stop with that. It's just, it's, it's, it's like a needle in the ass every time you guys do that. It's just like, oh. if you're going to do it, at least do it in Yoda voice. Speaking of getting <laughs> needles, speaking of getting needles in places, I just want to say I have one more last word. Hey uh, I, I received a dose number one of my vaccine. Are you so, serious? Yeah. Oh, dude, that's fucking. Hold on. Where did it come from, though? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so final words, you know, if you if, if you want to be able to to uh, go to a hockey game without a mask in. um. In seven months, I'm not saying you should or you must, but I recommend doing the same. Nobody gives a fuck. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and then uh, let's see. Uh, finally here. Okay. It's, again, I got to roll the clip. I got to roll it. Here we go. I have some things to say. <laughs> um, I don't know. It can't, it can't. Somebody. What was it? It came over my radar in the last week or something. Either way, I would like to extend an offer. Okay. Uh, if there are people on Twitter, social media, whatever it is, if, if if you have an issue with me, an issue with anybody else that's part of Teal Town USA, do me a favor. Come on the show. The Pucknologist account, it doesn't have a block on anybody. You can DM us and say, look, here's the time I'm available. I will absolutely come on. Um, you know, come on the show. Let's let's squash the beef. Let's figure out what your problem is with me or jerk or puck guy or whoever else. Like, instead of sitting there, you know, hiding behind a fake account, 
Come on. Let's talk about it. You know, my only thing is that, you know, you, you have to be on camera. Can't wear a mask. You know, like you have to stand behind your words. But if you're willing to do that, again, Pucknologist, nobody on the block list. It's all good. Come on the show, man. Love to talk to you and figure out why you, uh, you know, what what the beef is. Because I'm, I'm clearly not involved in it. <laughs> I don't know what it could have possibly been. Do, do you know what it is, Jerk? What what did I do? Um, <laughs> and and you know I've I I'm glad you ask. I've I've taken a lot of done a, taken a lot of time to research, oh, lease it out really we really. Got their fig- numbers? <laughs> no, I, I I'm ser- no because I know what you're talking about, and I've I've taken the time to really really dig into this, figure it out, and the only thing I can think is hose mad. <laughs> hose mad, troll sad. That's and, that's and, the T-shirt and, I want to wear next week. And Finn says that he picks on Puck, <laughs> Bozosaurus, of course. Um, Finn says I pick on Puck guy, but love you all, dude. We all pick on Puck guy, but we all also love Puck guy, and he is the heartbeat of the site. Yes, I don't think anybody would dispute that. No, not at all. Eric so. is the heartbeat. I am the co- throbbing cock. We I, all. I we I'm, all. I think I'm the, we all serve I'm the our purpose. I was going to say, I think I'm the muscular quads. Yeah, we all serve our purpose. We all serve <laughs> our purpose. So anyway, yeah, for, uh, it, it, you know, if you're a troll on social media that keeps, you know, coming at me or anybody else that's on it, do me a favor. Hey, come on here. Let's find out why. <laughs> you know, let, let's talk about your obsession and hopefully we can deal with it in a rational way. I think that would be good for everybody. And uh, yeah, one time offer. Here it is. Let us know. Again, Pucknologist, that Twitter account doesn't block anybody. So absolutely, come on. Again, the only condition, you can't hide your face. You actually have to stand behind your words. You can't hide behind your account. <laughs> Jerk, that goes for you as well. Anyway, uh, so... <laughs> Dude, what are you talking... Dude, I'm getting tired of hearing this. I've been turning on my camera every episode. <laughs> Dude, and there you are. Like, that's it. <laughs> Like the only thing I could tell you is like, dude, you, you need to buy a different goddamn hat. <laughs> <laughs> Although you did wear a birthday cap a couple weeks ago, so I'll give you that. But we that need to true. get you something like a cowboy hat, a fedora, anything. Puck guy, Steven, get on that. Anyway, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Again, leave us a nice review on iTunes, five stars. We'd so appreciate that. You can find all the content on tealtownusa.com. We got a super chat. Oh, look at Ruben sliding in. Dude, help us out. Follow us. YouTube, subscribe. Twitter, follow. Instagram, follow. Facebook, like. Reddit, what's up? You know. Discord. <laughs> oh, Discord. Don't be a coward. <laughs> Discord. Uh, the, 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 whoa, words. the Discord link is in the chat right now. There you go. There you go. And, and get in. Get in before we set a password for it. Oh, hey, now. Again, if you ever miss it and want to hear us again, you know where to find it. TealTownUSA.com, but always on your favorite podcast platform, always on YouTube. Hit the subscribe, and boom, let's run up our buddy 21 Pucks right now. I have to wear a mask, scared of getting COVID through the screen. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Well, then you know what you can do? Before you come on, if you want to add us and tell us how much we suck, 
take a photo of yourself. Well, no, that doesn't really do it either. Maybe you have to take a video so we can compare voices. Because we all we know, you know, you're going to grab some some photo of somebody off a of Adobe stock photography or something, right? <laughs> oh, it could be fun. So, anyway, thank you guys so much for watching. This is episode 1. Jeez, can you imagine that? 124 in the books. That's amazing. Whew. There you go. In a minute, as they say. Yeah. So 124, 125 coming at you next Sunday, following two games versus Vegas, two versus St. Louis. We're going to see what the Sharks can do right now playing 500 hockey, but hello, St. Louis. We'll see. I don't know. Could be interesting. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Remember to check out Teal Town After Dark following every single Sharks game. And so you got them four times this coming week. That's our show. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess we have to, what, notify Rocket that uh, we went long tonight. (laughs) (laughs) But thanks for watching and listening, guys. We will see you all next week. Appreciate the love. Appreciate the super chat. You want to throw us some more? Teal Town USA on Venmo. Thanks again, everybody. Good night. We'll see you next week.